Agency X podcast, episode three. Today we're talking about ADA compliance and usability on e-commerce websites. Yeah, I think uh, ADA compliance is, is is very important. It's a hot topic right now. It's something that you know. There's a lot of lawsuits going on about it. There's and there's also a lot of not a lot of agencies and businesses and designers and developers that are, you know knowledgeable enough to be able to focus on it or even consider it. Um, there are some businesses that have, you know, the only reason, reason why they're considering it is because they're either scared of a lawsuit or they've been sued already. Um, but I think this also should relate to just usability in general, not just for, you know, the sake of putting a check mark next to your, you know, your website to say that it's ADA compliant. Um, I think it's just, I mean, ethically, I think it's important. Um, but just from a usability st- standpoint, you have something that is going to impact the bottom line. It's going to impact sales in a positive way. Um, so the more users you could reach, the more accessible and usable the website is, uh, especially in e-commerce, uh, the more that's going to increase sales. Sure. And I think, yeah, it starts from a point of, I mean, the way that you brought up where right now the thing that's really bringing it to the spotlight is fear. And I feel like fear does a good job at that more so than altruism, if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, you know, businesses don't want to lose money. Yeah. You know, they, they don't want to get sued. Uh, so I have a friend who owns a, um, <clears throat> it's not even a e-commerce website. Well, it kind of is. You can order from it, um, but it's a, it's a pizza store. It's a popular pizza chain in, um, in New York. Uh, he's been sued multiple times. I, and I think the, the most recent one was uh, not even from an individual, but it was from a lawyer. lawyer. And these law firms are actually going out and, and, and reaching out to people with disabilities and involving them in these lawsuits. Not necessarily these people saying that they have problems, but they're saying, hey, you know, did you ever have a problem with a website? You might be entitled to some money. So these lawyers are actually going out um, and finding businesses that aren't ADA compliant and then essentially blackmailing them or you know shaking them down for money because they're threatening a lawsuit and they don't want to go to litigation with that. It's a lengthy process and you know it costs a lot of money, but the businesses will settle maybe for a few thousand dollars just for and these lawyers and these people are grabbing some you know quick cash. Um, you know that's not to say that um, you know there aren't legitimate cases and there aren't people who are who feel that they are not being um, accommodated when it comes to e-commerce or websites, um, but there are also a lot of lawyers and, and people out there that are just trying to, you know, take advantage of this, this law. And I think that's something we should talk about too, is about, you know, what is, you know, I, I'm not the expert on the ADA compliance law, but I do know that a lot of businesses have questioned, you know, how this relates to modern e-commerce websites or modern websites. And, you know, given that laws were passed a long time ago and are they very clear and, you know, who needs to follow them and what are there any loopholes and things like that? So I think that needs to have an open discussion uh, and, and the courts and the laws need to be a little fine tuned a little bit to figure out um, how it's going to, you know, serve everyone, not just um, businesses or not just people with with disabilities. We want to make sure that their sites are compliant and they're able to use them. Uh, but also un- un- knowing, you know, make sure that businesses know 
how to do that and what they should be doing and what what the laws are around it. Yeah, I think the knowledge component is the thing that's really keeping uh, businesses from being ADA compliant. I'd venture that many, especially smaller businesses, never even heard of it. Uh, because again, it's 2000, between 2017 and 2018, the number of accessibility lawsuits tripled. And wow. yeah, they're all being pushed by law firms. They're not really being pushed by individuals. Uh, and the, th- the thing is, though, is that it doesn't really matter. Uh, you still have to be accessible, whether the lawsuit is from a person or it's from a, a firm. It's kind of all the same thing. But to your note about designing for everyone, that's kind of tricky. You really can't because uh, for you know high contrast, which is one of the biggest hallmark essentials of having an accessible website, which is like a white background, black text, uh, apparently that combination isn't good for people with dyslexia. Uh, apparently wow, that's I didn't I didn't I didn't know that at all. Yeah, apparently that. that's. Uh, it's very difficult for them to like read the words on the page with that amount of contrast, like high contrast, good for people with visual, you know, with visual impairments, bad for certain people with some like cognitive, you know, disabilities or dysfunctions. Yeah. And I think where what's going to come in there is going to be um, not only using design and high contrast, but also development. So for example, what we did for one of our most recent clients uh, they were actually sued multiple times for ADA. And th- they expressed that to in the beginning that that was something that we needed to solve for them. So we took an approach on their design to make sure that there were high contrast um, colors, making sure that text wasn't all over all of the images and that, especially on mobile, when things kind of scaled down to that, to that device, um, it wasn't small text just being... Um, uh, overlaid over an image, it might have been below it, white, I mean, black text on white background, stuff like that. Um, so how can you solve that for everyone? Maybe maybe it's making sure that the, it, the website is coded with the proper alt tags and with the proper um, IDs and, um, and, and things like that so screen readers can read it. So I think it's going to be a mix of the creative, the design side and how that's approached, but also making sure that the development is is ADA compliant as well? Well, sure, because if the if the design is the it doesn't matter if the design is uh, accessible if because the development is what's going to bring it to life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but another important thing is also knowing who you're designing for, and you know, knowing what your customer base or what mm-hmm. your personas might be, and what disabilities they might have, because you can make a pretty good assumption that someone who's blind isn't going to be shopping on Warby Parker. Yeah, that that is true. That is a good assumption. It's a likely. It's a but likely assumption. What level of blindness are they? Are they legally blind? Are they completely blind? You let's know, make like, the let's make the assumption of complete blind. Complete blind. Complete blindness. I'm gonna make the most likely. But at the same time, yes, it's very unlikely that they would be shopping for eyeglasses. But you know, they may want the frames. They may like the frames, or someone recommended the frames. So there definitely should be some way. And you know, maybe this even. S- this um, this bleeds into 
customer experience as well. Like maybe we need to take certain things offline. Maybe there needs to be a way for them to be able to order. But also, if they run into issues, there should be an easy way for them to be able to contact the business and maybe the business, depending on their level and what they're capable of doing, like a Warby Parker. I'm sure that they could have a customer service rep be available to walk somebody through and help them in their buying decision. I, and I think that could be for the the percentage that you know that we can't design for or that we can't develop for or that technology and design can't solve that problem you know so maybe there the, and i think in general there needs to be more of that person to person human touch in some instances no i agree and it very much depends on the business and the scale of the business i mean with Lori parker they're like a large multi million dollar company where they can obviously afford to have that level of uh, like personalization and customer experience. Of course. Yeah. But, you know, otherwise, when talking about the kind of consumer that you're trying to, you know, appeal to, yeah, for certain companies, especially like a fashion brand, there's nothing inherently like related to fashion where any kind of impairment of disability might come into place. So you'd have to be a little bit more general with where you're designing for accessibility. But definitely if you're a product or like a service where you think you're going to have a greater amount of people with some kind of impairment, you definitely want to hone in and design specifically around that. Because in the end of the day, you're designing for people and you have to kind of understand who these people are. In the same way that you design for a company's, uh, you know, like customers with like target marketing and design and messaging, you also want to give a face to the people who may have, you know, these kinds of impairments. Absolutely. 100% agree. Um, so, you know, we spoke about design a little bit. We spoke about, you know, color contrast and using the proper IDs and tags in development. You know, I, I think exact implementation or execution of that would be beyond the scope of this podcast. Um, but, you know, what other things, let's just say the site is coded, it is designed and it's, we, how do we know it's ADA compliant? Are there tests available? Are there sites that can help? Are there third parties? What would, you know, what would you recommend for someone who, or for a business who wants to make sure their site is ADA compliant? Sure. So number one, um, so you have ADA compliance, but you also have something called, uh, like, uh, WCAG or W or like WCAG, yeah. uh, which is this, uh, like checklist of, you know, things that in design and development that you essentially to reach like a level of like accessibility. And I, uh, it's not like an officially like government based checklist. It is just something that has been built over the years by like experts in this field and is kind of considered very, very heavily tied with ADA compliance. So number one is kind of having your designers and developers consult that and like design kind of around that. I mean, some of the like, some of the like uh, lexicon that those checklists use are really hard to understand and very like in the weeds mm -hmm. as far as technicality goes. But there's like some level of understanding that you want to achieve because there's essentially three levels, one, two, and three. Yeah. You want to, two to my understanding is basically ADA, like it's not officially ADA compliant because you do, in order to be officially compliant, you do have to like get some kind of certification or like, web validation yeah but i uh, it's in general almost assumed if you reach if you achieve that level you've achieved like ada compliance level three is a text page which almost no one yeah. has especially in e-commerce there's right. not much you could do there i'm sure like craigslist is probably um triple a compliant right um but 
you yeah. know, not every site can do that. And, you know, especially if it's for such a small um, percentage of mm-hmm. people. But as far as tests that you can run, uh, there is a couple. Uh, if you're using Google Chrome, uh, Google Lighthouse, is, it has that built in where it, when it runs like an audit, it has like an accessibility feature to it where you can run through that. Uh, the Wave extension for Firefox, Chrome, and perhaps some other browsers, they do. it does a really good job at actually uh, pinpointing where on the site something is like off for an accessibility purpose and actually tags it and it describes the nature of the issue, which is really great because if it tells you, because you can know what aspect of like a beta site needs to be fixed, needs to be more accessible, like it'll like on the actual page, it'll like mark it up with this icon. It'll be like, oh, low contrast or, oh, there's no uh, form title for this. Yeah, no, that's that's great, great advice. And, and, I, and I think that these are things that businesses need to think about a little bit more, not as just a, you know, oh, you know, maybe we're going to get sued or we got sued. It needs to be something that they think about and, you know, either working with their agency or working internally to make sure that they're ADA compliant. Um, definitely super important. Um, and, I, and I wanted to kind of transition a little bit into some like just usability in general as well. Um, beyond just being ADA compliant, um, Focusing on usability and making things just easier, especially in e-commerce, is insanely important. So, uh, you know, I, I did a little bit of research, and you know, in the early two thousands, during like the dot com um, bubble, and e-commerce sites were all over the place and they were terrible. Fifty percent of customers failed to be able to check out. Fifty. That's insanely high. You know, so like it's come a long way, usability and ADA compliance and making sure that everything's accessible uh, online, especially in e-commerce, has come such a long way. Like today, it's now not even like what they're trying to achieve. It's more of how competitive you can be. So like usability and ADA compliance is now in that kind of you know, making sure that you're competing with your, with, you know, well, your, your competitors, you want to make sure that you're, you're able to compete with them. But when it comes to, you know, is it easier to check out? Is it easier to find information? And of course, is it ADA compliant? Because there's, you know, being ADA compliant is not just about being sued, but it's also about sales and conversions. So I think businesses need to also look at it of how it could impact the bottom line. And I think that's really important. I think that's what's going to help them, you know, really see it as something that they should be doing. You know, ethically, it's 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 definitely something they should focus on. But, you know, at the end of the day, these are businesses and they need to stop looking at it as an expense and more like an investment. Sure. And of course, they, you know, businesses, they'll for the most part, always look at it with a sense of ROI versus ethical purpose. But let's say we get a client and they don't know anything about accessibility. They've never asked for it. Should we, by default, be designing uh, an experience for them that is accessible and does achieve a certain level of like ADA compliance, if unofficially? I mean, at the end of the day, we're not lawyers and we we need to be able to advise clients on what the the repercussions may be and advise them and take an approach that would be ADA compliant just because we want to do what's best for our clients and their customers 
can we force them? If there's like a specific way that they want to display an image because it's on brand and it's a certain way, I think giving them a heads up and saying, look, you know, what level are we trying to achieve here? You know, if it's just A, AAA, AA, whatever, um, we do work it into our agreements and into our projects in some way, shape, or form, and we do bring it up to our clients. And I haven't had anyone say, ah, we don't want to be ADA compliant. Not yet. Um, you know, I think more and more nowadays we're working in it. In the past, you know, it's, it's not something that was brought up. It was not something that was asked for. Um, now that we have more of the resources to focus on it, it's something that's part of the conversation. And it's also in the news. So in some cases, clients are asking about it and they have been impacted by it. But if the question is, should we, you know, take the proper measures to be able to make sure they're ADA compliant with, you know, working it into our process as a whole? Yes, absolutely. Should that impact brand in a negative way? You know, I think that's more up to the brand than it is the agency. And I, I think making them aware of that is insanely important, but, you know, making sure that things stay on brand and that we're achieving their goals um, and having them kind of weigh the pros and cons of whether it is. And, and look, I'm not saying that there's going to be a huge impact, but like there should be some flexibility. Like, hey, look, do you want to make sure you're not getting sued? Does this text really need to be over this image or does this need to be so, you know, and how is that going to impact usability as a whole? So I think it depends on the brand. It depends on their goals. Um, and, you know, just having an open discussion about it and having a conversation about it, I think, is, is, is important. And just talking about it in general in the industry is something that I think is going to um, is going to make sure that, you know, there's more eyes on it. No, true. I agree. Um, so, yeah, even just talking about usability, um, just making things that just essential information e easily available. Uh, so one example, I was actually buying something yesterday, and this was a really and I just noticed it as I made the purchase. And I ended up, so what, what I was looking for is, you ever, you know those, um, they're like post-workout massage guns. They look like these big Oh yeah, I'm like I get, jackhammer I, type I get ads for them yeah. on Instagram all yeah, the time. There's a ton of them now. There's people drop shipping in them. And then there's the, the, the bigger players that are in it. And that's like Theragun and Hypervolt, mm -hmm. right? And I narrowed it down to two or three and I wanted to buy one, right? So I'm looking at them, looking at them, and there's some Black Friday sales and stuff <laughs> like that. So, And I'm looking at the price, and they're comparable. Um, one was a little bit more than the other. But what I liked about one of them is that their product description page had more information for what I was interested in, right? And it was a lot more accessible. Comparing things were accessible. It was a more usable website. And was it ADA compliant? I, I think it was, you know, to be honest, looking back at it, the other one had a lot of video and a lot of things that I didn't find useful on it. But essentially, I ended up making a decision that was that cost more, it was more expensive, but it conveyed more value and it was a lot easier to use. So I think not just ADA compliance, but usability as a whole is going to be something is something that is insanely important. Um, and, you know, making sure that all of those things tie into brand and customer experience as the bigger picture is something that that everyone needs to be focusing on now. Sure. And and you're viewing you're viewing accessibility in that case is in a much broader level beyond yeah, absolutely. beyond, you know, just uh like catering to people with like disabilities and such. Yeah, exactly. And I think those two kind of are tied in together. I think ADA compliance is going to be part of usability and accessibility. Just like you know, just like we're, we're focusing on ways to provide the customer with more 
um, more information that's going to help them in their buying journey. But like, who's the customer? If they if they're uh, if they're disabled, and we need to be able to help them in their buying journey, you know, that falls under that as well. So I think you know, looking at everything and looking at all these different touch points and all these different um, metrics and how to, how we how we measure them and how we um, design and how we develop is something that the agency needs to consider. Um, but it's also the agency's job to be able to, to or, or the practitioner's job to explain to the brands or companies. I think that you know being ADA compliant, as I said earlier, is, is not just about being sued, but it's also about sales and conversions um, and just doing what's right and doing what's best for your customers. And like you mentioned earlier, understanding who those customers are, um, what's most valuable to them and, and, and what percentage of them may or may not need things like screen readers or high contrast or things like that. So going that extra step with ADA compliance and use, usability is definitely going to have a direct impact on the bottom line. And at the end of the day, it's really just going to make you feel better as a person and dealing with people and providing a much better customer experience. Agreed. Cool. All right. Well, you know, that was... Um, hopefully really informative and hope anyone got a few takeaways out of it. And if you're not ADA compliant or you're not sure if you are, um, you know, there's some really great resources online and you could always reach out to us at avixdesigns.com uh, and we could help you out with that, uh, especially for your e-commerce website. Um, thanks a lot and um, we'll see you next time. Bye.